Welcome to episode 493 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me, at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all. Questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening. Whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds or if you listen on the Trouble Minds Radio Network. KUAP Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, also known as Rohan, uh, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the shows and putting them up on the station as you hear them with the music and everything at the beginning and the end of the episodes there. If you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. Also, I have some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books you can check out over on Amazon. I also have a Patreon page where I'll be putting out content whenever possible. Uh, probably more once I get back from the Paracon, uh, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and I have one episode there, and all content there will be available to any membership tier level that you sign up for on that page. It's just another way to uh, support the show if you would like to do so. Also, I do have one-time donation links for PayPal and Venmo. Uh, all these things um, are important as there are expenses in making the show, such as equipment, and research materials, and uh, travel expenses, as I will be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon, and that is November 4th and 5th of this year, and that's going to, going to be at the Soaring Eagle Casino Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, it's a Saturday and Sunday, and actually it's a Saturday and Sunday right after Halloween, and I'll be walking around there listening into the various presentations, but also making audio recordings of myself and anyone that wants to join me there um, to talk about all things paranormal. And then I will share those recordings once I get back home from that event. Uh, actually, it'll probably be the, the, that next weekend. I'll probably take a few days off. And uh, so looking forward to that. Again, help is never expected, but always appreciated. And uh, just because I am legally blind and I do live on a fixed income, so um, it's uh, basically... You just have to have to uh, do what you have to do to get by with all those things going on. So, but um, I always I want to thank you all for just uh, listening to the show. That's also amazing in and of itself. Uh, that's especially that we've made it this far um, in a week, a little bit over a week, week and a day. We'll be at episode five hundred. So it really is amazing to have gotten this far already. And uh, so I think that covers everything, and I can get to the stories here. So, 
going to the first story. Uh, this one says, My family and I recently rented a large house with, uh, beach house, I'm sorry, with three floors and many rooms. Oh, no, wait, I'm thinking of another story. So just a house. Sorry about that. Uh, it says, I was sitting in a room uh, that, uh, let me see here. I'm uh, messed up with the writing of this. The house had uh, 12 large rooms and three stories. I was sitting in one room around dinner time when this happened. I was on the second floor playing video games on my tablet. My uncle, my mom's brother, entered the room and asked if I ate without much uh, emotion or interaction and then walked out of the room or past the room. As he walked away, I said that I just ate something and would have dinner in, uh, shortly. Not long after that, I went downstairs and found my uncle eating with everyone else. I was confused and asked how he got down so quickly as I had seen him enter his room next to mine. My uncle denied going upstairs, and others confirmed that no one had been up there for the past one to two hours. So I have no idea who or what I saw. And that's where that story ends. So a couple of possibilities there um, pop out right away to me. And that's just because of reading and hearing so many stories. Uh, of course, there's always a possibility of some kind of a mimic, which does happen. Uh, but also, I wonder if the uncle was just thinking of the writer in that situation, wondering how they were doing, if they were okay, because they hadn't seen him in a couple hours. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, maybe they were thinking about that so much that somehow they projected an image of themselves some kind of a bilocation and or astral projection with sound somehow to check on the writer there to see how they were doing and mention uh, dinner. So I really wonder about that, especially since nothing else seemed to happen. And uh, I'm curious. It doesn't sound like they don't say that anything else happened at that location. So I wonder if it, had, if it was really centered around that uncle and then the writer themselves because they had the experience. Uh, I think that's possible. And um, there are stories of that throughout history of people that have sort of been in multiple places around the same time um, and all these different kinds of things going on, mimics as well. But that case, just the context of it all, the um, the fact that the uh, the uncle appeared to be asking uh, making sure that the writer was okay. It makes me wonder if that was the case. Of course, I don't know, but it uh, seems like a good possibility there. And that is amazing because it just shows. I've heard similar stories before about people who have been thinking about other people, and then those other people say, I saw this person, and but they weren't, they weren't there. They were wearing different clothes or all different kinds of uh, details but in similar situations. So, amazing story there. Uh, let me move on to the next one here. 
And uh, this one says, this happened over 10 years ago. I am a single mother of three children. I frequently wake up at 4.44 a.m. to check on them. One night, I heard a faint clicking sound at around 4.44 a.m. I saw a man, a figure of a man, sitting at my new computer, furiously typing. The computer was turned off at the time. At first, I thought I was in a dream or twilight sleep. The figure appeared as a well-formed, young, athletic man made of black light with tiny white stars or lights making up his body. The figure froze when I walked behind it. When I turned on the bathroom lights, there was no one in the room except my sleeping baby on the bed. I stayed awake, replaying the experience in my head throughout the day. It wasn't like anything I've ever experienced before. And I never saw anything like the star man in quotation marks again. I lived in the same duplex for about 23 years and had other paranormal experiences, but nothing like this one. And that's where the story ends. And uh, I wonder if computers are some, some kind of a, because they can hold so much energy, if they are a sort of a connection or they can be a connection between either different times and or different dimensions, maybe to the to the um, to this figure of dark and light, uh, whatever they were. Maybe the computer was on for them, and there was some kind of a crossover. Um, this image carrying over from one place to another, <clears throat> and that's what the writer there saw. But that's why this figure was typing at the computer, but it wasn't on in that location at that time. That's the only thing I can think of with that. Um, it really is an amazing story. I wonder, uh, it makes me think about technology and how how maybe it can exist across uh, space and time and dimensions and things, especially if it's sort of... Um, it runs on power even when it's not necessarily uh, active. I've heard um, that parts of computers can still be basically running or there can still be, um, it's still plugged into a wall, I would, I would guess. So I don't know if that has anything to do with anything or not, but really amazing story there. Uh, and I wonder if there's any connection between that and the other activity in the writer's home. Uh, I wish they could have gone into that, but that's okay. Obviously, it's up to everyone that writes into these websites that I find these stories on, uh, how much they want to share. Maybe the rest of it is sort of, they've gotten so used to it, they don't think about it anymore. I, again, I, I, this came up, I think, either last night or the night before. Um, there are some things that, that if they happen enough, sometimes people can get used to them and not even think much about them anymore. And I, I've experienced that, like I said. So, but this figure 
it does sound like. Now, it's really odd because it sounds almost like a mix between a... At first, it sounded like a shadow figure, but then it was this kind of odd dark light with bright lights that made it up. So it was almost like a grid of... Our collection of these, this mix of light and dark. Really odd. I don't think I've heard of a a story exactly like that before. So um, that's really amazing. I love that when that happens, when I sort of come across a story about something that I don't recognize. So uh, those are some of the best ones to me. But, um, but yeah, so who knows what was going on there, but that's all I can think of is sort of technology maybe depending on where it's at or maybe there's other somehow some uh, some other device that's there in, in this other in another time or another dimension that's um that is similar to a computer maybe there's multiple devices that are somehow linking up energetically and that's that may also be the cause of that event but again I don't know but um I've had some a couple of weird experiences with technology and and shared many of them uh many other stories about that on the show over the last couple of years. I've uh, been going now almost three years as of uh, Halloween. So it's definitely something that is, is keeps popping up, and I think it uh, will only uh, get more and more frequent as we go forward because technology is just it's everywhere. So just about anyway. But uh, going on to the next story here. Let's see. Okay. This one says, I recently went on a ghost hunt in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And just for anyone that uh, maybe is just now getting into these kinds of topics, that is a well-known, it's a battlefield from the Civil War, but it's also well-known for being supposedly very much uh, active spot for the paranormal. Uh, The whole area, the whole whole town in general, as from what I've heard. Um, so, but this, uh, this story says it was more of a ghost tour with a guide providing ghost hunting equipment, history, and allowing uh, participants to explore on our own. I chose a laser grid for my equipment. We were on a bridge that was known in the area for paranormal activity. Most of the group and the guide were using a spirit box on the bridge. My partner and I walked away from the group, across the bridge, and into a wooded path. That is when I noticed an unusual shape in the laser grid, which appeared solid, like a person, and the lasers are bouncing off of it. Both my partner and I saw this shape, which startled us. I had a strong reaction to it. Now when I see paranormal investigators who freak out in such such situations, I don't judge them anymore. There was no one else on the path, and no noise (coughs) uh, from the surrounding trees or brush. To explain the figure. This experience was the most solid paranormal encounter I have ever had, and I will never forget it. 
There were no other significant experiences that night. And that's where the story ends. Um, so that's an amazing story there, an experience to have, um, especially with it being on, near a bridge. Again, having water, I'm running water going under it maybe, uh, causing, possibly contributing to whatever's going on there. Uh, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was had something to do with it. That's um, something uh, Derek and I talk about whenever we're we are just talking or we do shows. That seems to always come up. So, uh, but yeah, amazing story there. And uh, I don't doubt it can happen. Every so often that I do come across stories from <clears throat> from Gettysburg. Um, there are some locations that will just pop up every so often in these shows. Gettysburg, uh, the Queen Mary, Stanley Hotel, just different locations. And it's not every show, but every so often one will pop up from a, a fairly well-known place. And uh, it's not always sort of the stuff that you hear about on the main tours or websites or things like that. It's just other events, which really is amazing to me. And I'm glad that, that, that um, I'm able to find those stories because I think it just shows there's all kinds of activity going on probably almost everywhere. Just a matter of when and how many people are there to notice it. As I say often in the show. So neat story there. And I'll get on to the next one. Let me see here. Okay. This one says, As a child, I had many encounters with a strange floating object in my room, in my home. It appeared to be a floating grid of lights, measuring about 1.5 to 3 feet, and pulsating different colors, such as blue and red. It moved through the air like a piece of paper, but never touched the ground. These encounters happened over the course of many years. I got used to the presence of these lights and even followed them around the house. Trying to touch or catch them proved unsuccessful as my hand passed through them. The sightings always took place at night, and the lights would often be found floating in my room before exiting through the door. While I am inclined to think it might be a product of a child's overactive imagination, I am uh, also curious if anyone else has experienced something similar. And that's where that story ends. <clears throat> and, um, I mean, it just sounds like orbs, but they're staying to one pattern. Um, and why, I don't know. The fact that they sort of move move together like a piece of paper. I wonder if they mean, if the writer means almost like a, that falling action, like a leaf or a piece of paper, like how it goes back and forth, or it can. But yet this thing never touches the ground. Or the floor. Um, I would wonder. They don't really say. 
that they felt any other presence from it. So I wonder really what was going on there. And of course I have no idea, but um, it's really amazing. I mean, again, it lights, they show up in so many stories and experiences from, from childhood to adults, um, just a whole range of uh, types of lights, shapes of lights, uh, configurations of lights, all these things, they can change and they can be different, but uh, they seem to pop up a lot in these stories. So I think I have time for one more story here. And then we'll be ending the show. Uh, this one says, uh, I live in a small community in Northern California with my family and a few nearby neighbors. About two years ago, during the fall, my dad noticed bare footprints, B-A-R-E, footprints, on the steps outside of our home in the front. I'm sorry, in the frost. At first, we suspected a possible thief from another area nearby, but found nothing stolen. My dad placed a trail camera on a garden fence post facing the front door and uh, uh, front door and steps. Sorry, there we go. After checking the camera three days later, we discovered multiple pictures of our dog and people entering and leaving. But one picture showed a dark, shadowy figure resembling a pair of human legs, a torso, part of a chest, and an arm. Both my dad and I had some belief in ghosts and were intrigued but uneasy about the proximity of this figure to our home. We repositioned the camera and checked it again three days later. That is when we found another picture of this shadowy figure, this time with a clearer view of one of its feet and even toes. Our dog was also seen in the picture, staring at the figure. We moved the camera again, but didn't capture any more images of this figure. We never found any more footprints either. The whole incident was very strange. And that's where that story ends. And that is amazing. You have this event, this these footprints in... in Frost, I'm guessing on on a porch or something, and then so the the family tries to figure out what's going on, and then they get this almost like a partial shadow figure. Um, and I've heard some stories about how supposedly certain cryptids like Bigfoot can do that; they can appear almost like shadows, or at least some shadow figures can appear to be the size and shape of like a, a, a Bigfoot. But no matter what there, it's amazing that they caught multiple pictures uh, of something there approaching the house. I wonder if now after it, I wonder if the, this figure was able to sense the camera and that's why it stopped showing up. And that's why there weren't, there weren't any more uh, footprints in the, in the property. Uh, really is amazing. I wonder if it was just curious whoever or whatever it was was just curious about who the people were there. And then once they started to notice it back, it, uh, it stopped showing up anymore. So uh, as to what it was, I have no idea. But that's all the time we have for today. 
Thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.